You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Today, we start a new series from 1 Peter entitled Living in a Foreign Land. Today's topic, we aren't from here. We aren't from here. Today, on Words of Encouragement. All right, living in a foreign land, we aren't from here. We're going to be looking at this. We're going to be looking at 1 Peter as we move through move through 1 Peter the next few, several Sundays maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how long we go here. But after listening uh, to, uh, well, I just have, actually just reading 1 Peter, it, it spoke to me and it said, oh boy, yeah, this is who we are. This is who we are. As Christians, we are strangers in this world. Now, we think, well, no, we grew up here. No, 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 I was born here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you were also born again here. And when you were born again, your home is heaven. It's not here. And so this is all temporary. I I like to remind us of that. I remind myself of that a lot. This is temporary. This is not forever here, all of this that we see. Uh, and so I want us to begin looking at this uh, the next several Sundays, uh, li- being, you know, believers, strangers aren't from here. It says we aren't from here. I think I, I, I forgot to tell, tell the slide here that I changed it to believer strangers aren't from here. After listening to a stranger speak at the grocery store for a few minutes, Martha said, you ain't from here, are you? What would have tipped her off? The accent of the person, the way they dressed, the way they walked around the store not knowing where anything was. The person was a stranger. He was not one of the community. He was not a part of the community. In a sense that the word alien is used in the Bible, it means one who is not from here. It is one who is in the community, but not of it. This is who we are as Christians, as what I'm going to call believer strangers. We live in this world, but we are not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. Our home is in heaven. Our home is not here. We are aliens. We are strangers in this world. We do not belong here. According to Paul's letter to the Philippian Christians, our citizenship is in heaven. That's where our citizenship is. It's in heaven. A lot of people will say, especially in America, we say, oh, I'm an American. Well, you are American because you live here, yes. But your true citizenship, if you are a believer, is in heaven. It's in heaven. If you're able and you're willing, I'm going to ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bethania, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctified work of the Spirit, 
to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. May God bless the reading of His Word. I invite you to be seated. All Christians on this earth are strangers. Look back at verse 1. It says, to those who reside as aliens. Now, the King James uses the word stranger here. Uh, The Amplified Version uses the word exile, which I don't know. Exile means, you know, if you're exiled, you're placed. You are banned from a place and you must be in another place. And so I'm I'm not real hip on the... Amplified's, you know, translation of that word. Uh, King James is good, stranger. Uh, The Holman Christian Standard Bible uses the word, or the phrase, temporary residence. I like that too. That's good. Temporary residence. That really puts it out there. These people, these Christians are living in these countries. They are temporarily residents of these countries, but they don't belong there. That's the point Peter's saying. Peter's writing to them in these other countries, and they are departed from where they're supposed to be. But they're strangers, and they're in, in a foreign land. These, Christian are, these Christians living in these foreign countries are alien to the ways of the country they are in. They are foreigners. They are ones, they're ones who come from someplace else and live temporarily in a country not known to them. These Christians were strangers. Strangers to all that, is, that was in those countries, or that's in those countries. Foreigners. Just going to live there temporarily. Warren Wiersbe said this, he said, Because Christians are strangers in the world, they are considered to be strange in the eyes of the world. That hit me. (laughs) I hope that hit you. I mean, I hope you grasped that. You got that. Let me say that again. Because Christians are strangers in the world, they are considered to be strange in the eyes of the world. Now, that may make you feel uncomfortable. You may not want to look you know, to be pointed out or uh, to be noticed in, in, as you go about your day and go out in the world. You may not want to be seen as different than everybody else. And let me tell you, peer pressure is big, isn't it? Peer pressure is big and it calls on us to conform to everything else around us. And yet, God has made us different from everyone else around us. So we're not to be like everyone else. And yet we have this base nature in us that says, oh, well, we just don't want to be, you know, we don't want to stick out. We want to blend in with everybody else. No, because you are a child of God, you're going to stick out. You may not stick out in how you dress. Uh, People may look and go, oh, they're just like us. But the moment you say something, Say, the moment you treat someone with kindness where it looks like you shouldn't have, the moment you forgive someone who has offended you, whereas the other person would have just attacked back, the moment you don't hold a grudge like everybody else does, the moment you act like who you are as a child of God is the moment you're going to stand out. And people are going to see that, and they may think, they're a little strange. You know, that person over there, they're a little strange. I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they live that way. I don't know why. They, you know, I hear they go to church somewhere too. 
What is that? What are they doing over there? Well, they just go and listen to a boring sermon and listen to boring music. That's what they do. Because I've been to one of them churches. You know, some people say, you know, I, I check one out and they're like, ah, there ain't nothing much to it. And sometimes there ain't much, nothing much to it because the people of God aren't being the people of God. And that's why it's so important that we live as God leads us to live. That we actually follow where He leads us. It's so important that we do that. And so these, I love that word that he said that. He said, because Christians are strangers, they're considered to be strange in the eyes of the world. Christians have standards and values that are different from those of the world. And it gives opportunity both for witness and for warfare. We will discover, he says, in this epistle in, in 1 Peter, that some of the readers were experiencing suffering because of their different lifestyle. Yeah, because we're living different than everybody else in the world. People want us to conform. People want conformity. You see it in schools all the time. You see little groups here, little groups here. It even happens at places of business. Somebody gets some, some new type. Of, well, now, here I go, but I'm doing it. Somebody gets a new pair of shoes, and everybody likes them. Everybody else goes and gets that new pair of shoes. Somebody gets, somebody gets a new hunting, you know, uh, or a fishing boat. Somebody gets a new fishing boat. Oh, you got one of those. Oh, okay. And then everybody else has to go. Everybody, there's this, this peer pressure to fit in with everybody else. And they don't want you to be different. That's the weird thing. You would think, you know, well, everybody looks the same. Why, why, would, why is that? Why is there a base nature that everybody just needs to be alike? God said, look, you're my child. I've called you out of that. You're going to be different because of who you belong to. You're going to be different because of who your father is. And that's it. That's it. And so we've got to learn to follow where God leads well-known uh, biblical scholar Wayne Grudem says, better is the phrase, those who reside as aliens, that he likes that better, better, those who reside as aliens, which though lengthy, captures the idea of temporary residence away from one's homeland, as does the somewhat archaic sojourner. So these Christians, they, they weren't told they had to live in these countries. They're not being punished. They're not exiles they simply knew that they were not of this world. And so when they were placed out from where they were into a different country, they, they realized, whoa, you know, we're not of this country. We're actually of another world. We're of the family of God. We're of heaven. We belong there. And so we're, we're going to be different. We're going to be different. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13, the writer's discussing those who walked by faith. And what does he say? He says, all these died in faith without receiving the promises. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Strangers. Yeah, we don't, we don't belong here. That's a strange thing. And, I, and if I heard a preacher say that when I was a little boy, I would say, well, now, wait a minute. No, yeah, I do. What do you mean I don't belong here? That sounds really weird. But we don't. If we've accepted Christ into our hearts, if we're allowing Him to rule our lives, if we're allowing Him to be in charge of our lives and we're following Him, we're trusting in Him, then we're not trusting in everything the world's trusting in. We're not following the things that the world is following. 
I mean, it just makes sense. Who are you following? What are you doing with your life? Are you following Jesus or are you following the world? The great reformer Martin Luther said, Whosoever professes he has a father in heaven confesses himself a stranger on earth. Hence there is in the heart an ardent longing like that of a child among strangers in want and grief far from his fatherland. Excuse Luther, he's German. (laughs) But there it is. Wow, that's good stuff. We're not of this, we're strangers. There is a point in your life where you will decide, wait a minute, you know what? Heaven's a better place than this. Heaven really is a better place than where we are. And it is. It's true. And there will be a point in your life where you will long to be there rather than here. Because you will get to the point where you realize how bad here is. And here is just a, it's a mess. It's a mess. It is. I don't have to tell you that. But there are good things in this world too. There are good people. There are Christian people in this world that are our brothers and our sisters in Christ. And we have fellowship one with another. There, are, there is the beauty of the earth that God has made. There the, oh, the sun rises and the sun sets. My goodness, I've told you I can't get over those. Beautiful paintings every day. God just, whoosh. And it's just beautiful. But this world is, it's a sin-filled world. It's a place where sin reigns supreme in many people's lives. And it's not our home. John Knox said, They realized that this world was not their final home. They were content to be strangers and pilgrims, refusing the urge to nestle to make themselves comfortable. Their desire was to pass through the world without taking any of its character upon themselves. Their hearts were set on pilgrimage. We're just pilgrims. We're just just passing through. We're just a passing through. That's all we're doing. But we're not just passing through waiting for Jesus to come either. We've got a job to do. We've got a responsibility. We have a a message to share. We have a message that needs to be shared. And that's why we're still here. Oh, well, you know, preacher, I don't know why I'm still here. God's God's got an assignment for you. He's got something for you to do. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to continue to use us to share the message of the gospel. And if we're doing that, well, good deal. We're doing what we're supposed to do. We're not just sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair waiting for Jesus to come back. Because that's not what we're to do. That's not, we're not just sitting and waiting. We're in this world, not of this world, but we're in this world to make a difference. And that's what we should be doing. This is us today, 2023. We're strangers. We're pilgrims in this world. We are only passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven you're a stranger an alien on this earth now yeah you can go home preacher called me an alien my goodness i'm not i'm not green i don't have little antenna antennae i I, i'm not an alien well you are you're a stranger in this world this this world you should look at this world as oh my wow all of it's new what is this None of this we should be used to. We should not get used to things in this world the way they are. We ought to look at it and say, this is a strange land. And I'm a stranger in it. I'm not part of it. I look around and say, wow, look at that. Oh boy, wow. 
This world's good at trying to pull us into a rut and trying to teach us this is okay, this is okay. Oh, well, everybody does it. It's all right. The world's good at that because it continually drives that at us over and over, day by day by day. And we see it all the time. And sooner or later, we as even Christians, strangers in this land, we accept it. And we say, well, you know, it's the way it is. No, it's not the way it should be. It's not the way it should be. And we should remain strange, strangers in this world and strange in, uh, in the eyes of the people of this world. As believers, strangers, we've been called to obedience and cleansing. Look at the last part of verse 1. Um, it says, who, were, who are chosen. It says, to those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout all these countries, who are chosen. This gets into a deep well of theology. Some of the language is used, some of this language is used to separate believers into three camps of thought. Some people will say, well, that they are Calvinists, and some say they're Arminians, and some say they are somewhere in between. Let me explain those terms. In other words, some feel God's, God chooses some to go to heaven. And they would say that's you know, Calvinism. They would say, yes, that's, God chooses some and He doesn't choose. He, others, He chose to go to hell. Some feel it's totally our choice to receive or reject Christ. It's totally up to us. No, no other influence. It's just totally, it's up to us. Some feel that God draws all people to Him. And we also have a choice. I, you really want to know? That's where I am. I think God calls and pulls and, and pulls us to Himself. And through the power of His Holy Spirit, according to God's Word, He speaks to our spirit and He says and He confirms that the gospel is true. And He pulls us in His direction. And then we have to make a choice. What do we do? Do we say no to God? Do we say yes to God? Do we say yes to Jesus? Do we say no to Him? What do we do? The point is, those who accept the gift of salvation are, as we call it, saved from going to hell. We are forgiven of our sins and we are walking with God. Warren Wiersbe puts it this way, As far as God the Father is concerned, and I like the way he sums this up, that's why I'm sharing it with you. As far as God the Father is concerned, I was saved when He chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. As far as the Son is concerned... S-O-N, I was saved when He died for me on the cross. But as far as the Spirit is concerned, and this is Warren Wiersbe, he says, I was saved one night in May 1945 when I heard the gospel and received Christ. Then it all came together. But it took all three persons of the Godhead to bring me to salvation. If we separate these ministries, we will either deny divine sovereignty or human responsibility, and that would lead us to heresy. I like the way he puts that. Notice these people referred to as aliens, strangers, are the ones who have been chosen by the foreknowledge of God the Father. They have been chosen by the sanctification of the Spirit. Because a person accepts Christ into their hearts, they become, when, they, when they do that, they become different. Because they're called out from everybody else in this world. They must be, you know, they must be, if they're called out, they must be called to. Does that make sense? If you, if you call, okay, if you call a kid out in the classroom, you know, you're calling him to where? Probably the office. <laughs> if you're calling little Johnny out in the classroom, Johnny, straighten up. Look, Johnny, Johnny, go to the office. 
If you're calling someone out, you're calling them to something or to someone. And now, and, and when we look at this, one cannot be called out and not called to, but what are we called to? Those who have been chosen have been chosen or elected to obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now that'll preach, but what does it mean? Oh, well, I, I have learned, I've listened to some pastors and I think, man, or preachers, and I think, wow, that was good. And then I walk away and think, what does that mean? It sounded good because the delivery was great. And I'm like, wow, that was great. But then what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it means as children of God, we're called to obey Him and Him alone. We're called to obedience. We're called to obey Him. Now, that, that, think about this. Think about this. Don't, don't, don't lose me. Don't lose it here. God loves you. He sent His Son Jesus to die on that cross for you in your place. Took the punishment for your sins. And you accepted Him into your heart. And you're different. Okay? You are different. We are called to obey Him. Already. Boom. Huge difference from those who have never accepted Christ. You and I are called to obey Him. We're called to follow Him. If that is the case, that alone sets us apart from everybody else on this earth. That alone, we have been called to follow Him. We're going to follow Him. And when we follow Him, we're not going to do like everybody else in the world. It's going to be different for us. It means as children of God... We're called to obey Him. Not ideas of this world, not leaders in this world, but Him and Him alone. Him. We're also called to be sprinkled with His blood. Well, now that sounds really wild, doesn't it? What does that mean? It is, it is symbolic of purification, of cleansing. There's a purification that is happening in the lives of all God's children. When you accepted Christ into your heart, you were saved, all right? Now, the ultimate reality, the ultimate goal of being saved, going to heaven has not happened yet, but you are in a state of savedness. There you go. Don't look it up. <laughs> but you're in, you're in a state of savedness, okay? You are saved. You, 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 your name has been written down in the book of life. You are saved. You belong to Him. William MacDonald writes, As a person obeys the gospel... He receives all the benefits which flow from the shedding of Christ's blood on Calvary. The Savior's blood was shed once for all. It will never be shed again. But we receive forgiveness, redemption, and the other innumerable blessings that flow from the crimson tide as soon as we believe on Him. Now look, as, a, as one who has been saved, we are continually being purified. We are continually being cleansed. Now, how, now, using that language, we don't use that language a lot. What does that mean? It simply means what I've always said. Jesus is making you, or God is making you more like His Son Jesus. So He's knocking away all that stuff on you that doesn't look like Jesus so that you will be more like Him. And so the process is happening. You ask Christ into your heart. He comes into your heart. You accept Him in. He's in charge. As you follow Him, you're becoming more like Him. 
And that's exciting stuff there that we don't need to miss and that we need to get a grip on that God is in the business of changing us from what we were to what He wants us to be. Through our obedience to Christ in accepting Him into our hearts and by allowing Him to be in charge, we find ourselves in a state of purification, continually being changed, continually being changed into the likeness of God. Christ. Now as we go through 1 Peter, I want you to know that this is what's happening. This is what Peter's doing. He's writing this to Christians who are in a foreign land and they're strangers there. You and I are in a foreign land. This world is a foreign land. And we are strangers in it. We're not of it. We're in it. And because we're in it, we, ha- we do have a responsibility. We have a, a gospel, a message to share that must be shared. And we, must, we are the ones, we are the children of God that are to share it. But we live in a foreign land. And so all the things of this world should not become just part of our lives. And I know that's a struggle sometimes. Because the pressure is real for us to blend in with everybody else. To talk about the same things they talk about. To buy and purchase the same things they purchase. To just blend in and be part and not stick out in any way. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. I, I, don't, want you, I, don't, want to, I don't want to paint a pretty picture and just say it's going to be real easy because you're, uh, you're doing what God wants you to do. No. God calls us, I believe, to do that which is hard because God says, look, when I call you to do something that is hard, you're going to say, I can't do it. And he's going to say, yes, that's right. That's why I'm here. Come, let me hold your hand. Let's go do it together. I believe that's why he does that. And so you and I in this world, it's going to be hard to stand up for Christ. It's going to be hard to do and say the right thing. There are going to be people that are going to say, well, you know, You shouldn't let them talk to you that way. You should blast them. You should just tell them what for. You should go back and read them the riot act, as my mama used to say. (laughs) They just read them the riot act. And I was like, what in the world? I don't know what that means, but it sounded bad. Uh, (laughs) But I thought, my goodness, look at this. But there are people who will pressure you. They don't want you to be different. They want you to fit in. They don't want you to, because they, and they will even go as far as to say, well, you, you know, oh, you're a Christian. Oh. And then they will ostracize you sometimes for just simply be. Oh, you're a whole, holy man. Here he comes. Oh, oh. You know, you realize that it, it's, it's sad that the word preacher is used derogatorily. But on a job, on a construction worker job, if there's a Christian on that job, a man who... Who, who believes in Christ, who prays before his lunch, doesn't make a big deal about it. I'm not saying you, no, that's not who we are as Christians. But who sits there and right before he eats, he just kind of bows his head. Thank you, dear God, for this food. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my family. Amen. Doesn't even say it out loud, just kind of says it. And then eats. He's going to stick out. And people are going to say, oh, hey, preacher. They're going to call him preacher because he believes in God. Now look, don't use preacher derogatorily. <laughs> I think preacher's a good word. I think it's a good word. I think it's a good name. I'd wear it proudly, you know. I'll wear it proudly. But so can you. If somebody starts calling you that way, somebody starts making fun of you because you believe. Oh, I bet you don't go to, you probably aren't going to go to the bar with us, are you? Because you're, you know. People put the pressure out there. And it's like, I've had people, I had, let me just tell you. 
at another church I served, I had a deacon told a very off-color joke. And in fact, I'll tell you, it was a racist joke. And I just sat there and I looked at him. And he looked at me. He said, you didn't like that preacher. I said, well, no, I didn't. (laughs) No? Oh, well. He didn't have anything else to say. And I thought, you know, I don't care. I will say something. You know, I mean, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, if you don't like me, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I got a heavenly father that loves me. (laughs) I got a heavenly father that loves me and that wants me to be more like his son Jesus and who's working on me. And I'm trying my best to allow him to make me more like Jesus. I want to be more like him. But and so if you don't like me just because, well, I, you know, I, I, I stood for something that you don't stand for. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't make a big deal about it. I just looked at him. He told me the joke, and I just kind of looked at him, and he said, you didn't think that was funny? I said, no, I don't think it was funny. I mean, (laughs) you know, we don't have to be out with a picket sign saying, you know, (laughs) making a scene, especially if we want people to know who Jesus is. If we really care about their soul, if we really care whether they go to heaven or hell, then we're going to love on them. Because they're going to respond to love. They're not going to respond to hate. They're not going to respond to being mistreated. I used to think growing up that you could just make people be right. You just tell them, you, know, you do this. You, you, don't, you, didn't do, you, you, you need to slow down on that highway. <laughs> Man, I just used to think you could just do it. That doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work. They've got to know that you care and love them. And that means T-I-M-E. And that's going to take some time. But you and I, we need to step up, step out, share the good news of the gospel because we're strangers. People don't know what we know. People don't know the relationship that we have with God. They need to know. We're called to be obedient. We're called to purification that's going to cause us to stand out from the rest of this world. It's going to cause us to stand. So let me tell you, if you're not ready to stand out, if you're not willing to stand out, if you're not, you're like, whoa, no, 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 no. I don't want people looking at me. I don't want people talking about it. Look, if you're not willing to, 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 to take that step, then you do need to talk with the Lord. You do need to talk with Him. And you do need to decide, what is, how do I fit in? Because God has a way. You may be extroverted. You may be introverted. God still can use you. God doesn't just use the extroverted people in this world. They're the ones we see. They're the ones that keep talking and we don't stop. <laughs> but the introverts, God uses them too. So look, figure out, talk to the Lord. What does he want you to do? How does he want you to live? How does he want you to be a witness in this world as a stranger in a strange land? What does he want you to do? What does he want you to do? I'm going to leave that with you today. What does God want you to do? How does he want you to live as a stranger in this world? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for calling us out of this world. Lord, it is scary at times. We do admit it is scary. But Father, it's so worth it. 
It's so worth it when we trust in you and believe in you. When we repent, we turn away from our sins. When we allow you to be in charge. Father, when we have a home in heaven that's been prepared for us, it's so worth it to live a life that points others to you. So, Father, help us to do that. Help us, Lord. We give you thanks for who you are and for what you've done. Maybe there's somebody here this morning that has never given their heart to you. Maybe there's someone here that has never said, you know what, I am sorry for my sins. I have done things that I am not proud of and that God is against. Father, that you are against. Now I want to repent. I want to turn away from my sin. I want want to ask you to forgive me of those sins and to come into my heart, to cleanse me, to forgive me. Maybe today you need to make that decision. I'm going to be standing here at the front in just a few moments. As the Lord leads you to come, would you come? Maybe you still have questions. Hey, I'm here this week. Talk to me. Talk to someone you know. Talk to someone on your pew row about what it means. Talk to someone. Don't put it off. Don't put this decision off. God wants to use you in His world. Would you let Him? Father, we thank you for your great love and your great forgiveness and your grace toward us. Oh, God, we do not deserve anything we have, and yet you have blessed us anyway. God, we give you thanks. Father, I pray as we move into this time of decision, Lord, that you would just simply have your way, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. It's so good to have you here listening to Words of Encouragement. For more information, you can go to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. And you'll find most all the information you need to know about First Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Uh, If not, you can always contact us through that website. Ask any questions you have. We'd love to engage with you. And we'd love to see you in person if you're ever in town. Please, hopefully you have found by now a Bible-believing church. If not, find a church that preaches the Word but then also lives the Word. That may sound impossible to find, but there will be some in every church who are living the Word that is being preached. And that's where you need to be. That's where I need to be. We need to be not just preaching the word, but living the word. So look for the love of Christ in those that you are watching. Look for them. See if you can find them. Find yourself a church in which to belong. Find yourself a church family. Again, thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. Until next week, my prayer for you is that you have a great week and that you experience the presence of God.